of stuff. Yeah. My neck, my lower back, my elbows, my shoulder. <laughs> your and your crack? My hurts. <laughs> Is that what she said? My neck, my back, my and my crack. That? I forgot about that. How do you forget? <sighs> uh, Megan Thee Stallion pushed that out. And I ha- now have nothing but Megan Thee Stallion lyrics uh, in my brain mm-hmm. that I retain. That's all the information I need. Anyway, why why do your and your crack hurt? <laughs> yeah, so I'm with my coworkers, right? And uh, we stay at this Hilton. It's a beautiful building, right next to Chinatown. They mm-hmm. have these gorgeous marble stairs that lead up to the lobby area, and um, with very sharp edges. And it's raining. My, oh, no. My coworkers are all staying out front, underneath the uh, underneath the enclosure, so they don't get the rain. And it's time to go downstairs and hit our Uber, and I fucking fall. You and I slam into oh, the marble stairs. So I'm in a lot of pain right now. I'm so sorry, honey. But but honestly, it was that was the second I saw the stairs, I would have been like, Chris, no. You need to find another way to traverse this space because you and stairs, <laughs> Which is y'all, my- you don't understand. You don't understand how many times I've gotten messages from Chris saying, well, I almost died, fell down the stairs again. Yep. Like yep. it's, it's Chris and stairs are a bad mix. And that's the thing is I'm a professional faller, but I was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing my backpack. So that's what fucked me up this time was mm, I, you I, overbalanced. I, I overbalanced. So, you know, I'm at the, we go to this conference and I'm realizing, oh, there's blood coming out of my arm. I need to go oh, back. Jesus. To, I need to go back to the hotel room and, and change. So I go back to the hotel room, change. Uh, but when I get back to the building, uh, they, then they put the pads out. Then they put the <laughs> things out to, and, it, and the signs up, warning it's wet. And it's not raining. The sun's out. Nice. By, by then. Nice. So anyway, up, Hil- San Francisco. Anyway, Hilton, fuck you. Um, but I appreciate the, uh, fee of uh, the offer for free beer, uh, at the end after I complained about it. There you go. Appreciate it. Uh, they, they knew how to fix that situation for you. One second. My dog is freaking out. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I'll be right back. It is one of those mornings, y'all. My dude. What? What is wrong? (laughs) What's wrong? There was another dog outside, and fuck that other dog for being another dog. Oh, well, duh. How dare he? Or she? (sighs) This is not my morning. (laughs) Well, it's more exciting than the topic we're going to be discussing. I mean, I'm sorry. What? Oh. Oh. (sighs) You want to intro a show today? Let's do it. Let's do it. Holy shit. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie, I'm the woman half of the show, and that's all I've got, okay? That's just it. That's period. All right. Fuck. Hey everybody, I am Chris, I am that homo, let's get incendiary sexual. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Steph? That's a good one. Geode might want to get a polish. (laughs) (laughs) chris is at the front of the line to volunteer to polish that rock i i haven't polished a rock in over a week so that's why i'm so grumpy i want you to meditate upon the resounding lack of sympathy from many of our listeners on that one no (laughs) i work hard on me 
<laughs> I have people. I have humans. I maintain uh-huh. relationships with. You know, it's a. Uh, anyway, I'm. Hi. <laughs> I haven't polished a rock in over a week, but that's because it's Shark Week. That's what it is. I was about to ask you, but I don't know if it's appropriate. No, for me you to can ask. never safely ask. Right. Ever. Right. You need to wait for that information to be volunteered. Well, here we are. By the way, we do sell Shark Week stickers and mugs and t-shirts on our swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. <laughs> for those of you who are who are new listeners <laughs> to the show, who have just joined us for the High Republic, uh, <clears throat> just to let you know, Shark Week is what we call it in this house when more than one person with a uterus is menstruating at the same time. It is a dangerous time to be in the waters of my household. Dun, dun, dun. Dun-dun. Yeah, that's what it's like right now. Anyway, so, hey, Chris, do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into why we're here today? I have an interesting review. Oh, okay. Do go on. Uh, Star Wars bro wrote in, your podcast absolutely sucks. (laughs) Uh, S-U-X-S sucks. Uh, Okay, cool, cool. Do uh, go on. I'm intrigued. uh, Not everything can be about politics. Uh, Ray sucks. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy sucks, and they misspelled Kathleen Kennedy. Both words. How about you? How, ma- how many stars did we get on that review? Uh, he actually gave us five stars, which is kind of <laughs> weird. You know, when I see stuff like that, though, I have to wonder if it's somebody who's like actually a fan and actually a listener who wants to throw us a softball, uh, something to talk some shit about uh, on the show. I mean, I'm gonna talk some shit about it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I am, if I am being manipulated, I am a willing participant. Right. Thanks for the five star review. Um, you're wrong about all of that. All of that. Um, I'm not even gonna address the the Ray sucks or the Kathleen Kennedy sucks things because that's 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 subjective. That's your opinion. Oh, they misspelled um, Ray too. I mean, what the fuck? I, I'm that, thinking. I'm thinking it was a sarcastic review. Right. You know. So. But that's been the thing that you've been getting this week because uh, – so TikTok TikTok released this awesome feature where it goes back a year and uh-huh. we can resurface uh, all these old clips that we've done. And it's easy-peasy content for me to create because I, I don't like TikTok very much and I don't like to make – sometimes I like to make people laugh, but eh. But Steph has been using it a lot on our uh, podcast uh, mm-hmm. accounts and – Oh, it's nice to be reminded that we were talking about the end of Clone Wars and what a happy good, yeah. what a happy time that was. Um, a year ago, a year ago, right now, we were talking about the final episodes of Clone Wars, like Order sixty six shit. Goddamn, it was a lot. It was an amazing time for storytelling, but holy shit, the yeah. tears, the tears. Yeah, um, but yeah, so but because we've been resurfacing all these old videos. We've been resurfacing all the old fucking arguments, and I've been seeing it on our TikTok, Talk, and it's like, you know, I'm just too old for this shit. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I really don't care. Well, uh, one of the old videos uh, that came up uh, was Mark Hamill, um, because somebody was objecting to the fact that we would headcanon any of the clones as gay, even though there are literally millions, canonically, millions of clones. Therefore, statistically, some of them are gay. Yeah. In my that's head, I'm, just, I mean, whether they're gay or not, I don't care. I'm having sex with them. No, sweetheart. That's we've had this good. talk before. I know. 
that's not good. <laughs> like, well, you not need, all of them at once, just one they at a time. To, no, yeah. no, I'm not worried about your orifices. I'm sure they're fine. I'm concerned about the uh, the consent and coercion of these non-gay clones. Stick with the gay ones, please. They're all fictional and made of pixels anyway, but stick with the gay ones. I would have please. to assume they're attracted to... Uh, you don't have to just be gay to... With, Stick with the ones that are attracted to men. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah, and that's fine. That's that, that, I. I like to pretend that many of them are, especially all of the Bad Batch, except for the child one and Rex and <laughs> you know what. Fives My position and, on him has evolved, but this is not the place to talk and about. And Cody it. and anyway. Okay. 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 Um, so anyway, I, in response to somebody being like, don't talk about the clones being gay, just let characters be characters. I responded with the video of Mark Hamill saying. Uh, that it's okay to imagine that Luke Skywalker is gay. If that's if that's what the character means to you, then go ahead. It's fine. If if you if your Luke is gay, then Luke is gay. It's okay. Everything is everything is fine if that is what you want to imagine because the character is there for you to interpret. And again, it kicked up all the usual arguments of like, but Luke kissed Leia, and that is obviously evidence that he is straight. Um. So a couple of things about the Luke kissing Leia scene, and we'll get into this in more depth um, after we get through Rebels and we get into A New Hope. Luke didn't kiss Leia, Leia kissed Luke. There's a difference. She grabbed his face and laid one on him. And it wasn't because she wanted to kiss Luke, it was because she wanted to annoy Han Solo. And what, what gay man in the world wouldn't A, gladly accept a kiss from Princess Leia, or B, totally be on board for doing some public display of affection specifically to annoy the nearest straight man. Uh, General Organa, I will do anything she asks, period. Absolutely. Anything. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, the, the kiss in A New Hope is not evidence that Luke is straight. Yeah. There are, if, if kissing one woman one time made you straight, there would be no, no queer people at all. Right. Because smooches happen. Smooches yeah. happen a lot. Yeah. Smooches are great. <laughs> Love smooching. Good at smooching. It's, it's, you know, it's a skill. You know anyway. Pro- you know who's probably a great kisser? Hmm. Geode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for getting us back on track. Anyway, <laughs> um, in response to this review, Star Wars is political. Half of the name is Wars. Yeah. No war ever happened without politics. Right. Ever, ever. Ever. Period. Star Wars is political. And um, there are people, I'm hearing a lot of people right now, particularly in the Twitter sphere, uh, bitching about the fact that um, you know people are like, are, are trying to make Star Wars politics relate to modern day ideologies. And the, the thing about that is sci-fi as a genre functions specifically to hold up a mirror to humanity and society so that we can see what we're doing and hopefully fix it. Sci-fi at its core is a hopeful genre. Though it can get very dark and very dystopian, the hope is that it will inspire the audience to to change, to to better themselves, whether it's from the optimistic side like Star Trek uh, or from the much darker side like, you know, the the iRobots and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I see people arguing over AI, they they use GIFs from Terminator. Space Odyssey 2001. Yeah. I can keep going. Like, we have been warning ourselves for so long about the risks of AI, and we're still just going to run fucking headfirst into it. Yeah. But that's the point of sci-fi, is to to show us what we're doing so that we will hopefully fix it. So, if the the themes of a story that was told decades ago are still resonating with modern ideologies, that's because we haven't fixed it. 
Duh. That's why that's happening. Yeah. It's not it's not a forced perspective or anything. If you are trying to ignore that that is what the story is doing, then you're the one who's forcing a perspective on it. Because sci-fi is just doing its job. Yeah. Quick sidebar. Hmm. Do you know what I did when I was in San Francisco? I was in uh, a car uh-huh. that had no driver. And it was moving? Yeah. It was driving. <laughs> and I was thinking, sitting in the back seat, like, what a missed opportunity to not have a taxi driver animatronic up front. Right? Where is our total recall Johnny Cab moment? God, it could roll its eyes at you and everything. Exactly. I fucking love Johnny Cab. Right. I love that movie. I need to rewatch that movie. It's so good. It, I mean... Does it hold up entirely? No. No, it's not. Is the animation of them asphyxiating on the surface of Mars a little goofy to look at now? Yeah. yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Get your Ostomars. Get your Ostomars. <laughs> so good. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Thank you so much for the five-star review, though. Super appreciate it. I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a yeah. good one. Do you have anything else before we get into why we're here today? Nope. Okay, y'all. So what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, this podcast stood in solidarity with the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. So we did a little side project where we started reading The High Republic, which is why today we are completionists. So we're going to finish this fucking book before we start jumping back into anything. Uh, Now that the strikes are over, we are reading and talking about Into the Dark, specifically chapters 15 through 17 with a little... A little flashback thrown in the middle there. Sigh. Yeah. Do you have an intro, my love? Going rogue. <laughs> Reef Silas is reeling from the death of his master, but how does the Council of the Jedi Order deal with that? Meanwhile, Afi Hollow reunites with her foster mother, but learns some hard truths about the Bind Guild. Finally, Orla and Cormac learn the truth about the idols they have taken from the space station. How will they deal with the revelation? All this shit and more. I can't believe I'm saying this, but... Help me, Anakin Skywalker. You're our only hope. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Previously on As the Galaxy Turns, uh, everybody everybody but Dez has made it safely back to Coruscant. And they even had time for a quick side quest to rescue a few hundred folks out of a burning ship. Our heroic Jedi trio... Now, just the three of them, totally save the day by removing some super evil statues from an abandoned Amaxine space station and then storing them in the super evil basement of the Jedi Temple. Good call. <laughs> and Wreath Silas has finally learned what we've all known since Light of the Jedi. His master, Joramali, went off to fight the Nihil and died. Now, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> let's rejoin Wreath Silas's trauma already in progress. Oh, my God. Chapter 15. Wreath Silas um, is just kind of loitering around the Padawan training area because he doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself. It says, quote, other apprentices would be preparing for missions or dining with their masters. Wreath, who had no assignment and no master, went there because he had no place else to go. The author has a great talent of taking the knife and twisting it so hard. And Um, then like, Tossing some salt in there. Yeah. So the, what this is showing us immediately, like two sentences into this chapter, uh, is that the Jedi Order really does not know how to handle grief. Right. This is a teenage boy who has lost his, his brother and his mother, effectively, all within the span of a few days. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's alone. He's an orphan. 
And they're just like, they're just, nobody's talking to him. Nobody's hanging out with him, checking on him, nothing. He's just, he's just bumming around the training area because he doesn't know what the fuck else to do with himself. Like, my God, they already, they reassigned his fucking room. Yeah. They were like, it's a room upgrade. And so they put him in a, a nicer room, but it's not familiar. It's not his room. He has right. nothing to ground himself or to comfort himself here and nobody to comfort him. Doesn't this give you like 80s action movie vibes? Because we're, we're, we're we start in the scene where Reith is training with his lightsaber. And right. when there's like a big tough guy that just lost a girl or something bad happened, instead of like crying or grieving, he's going to work out. And there's going to be like a little workout montage or something. Right. Yeah. There's... And that's definitely where this is going. But the reason he's having to do all this himself is because, again, like we talked about last time, the Jedi Order is really great about providing counselors oh, sure. to civilians. Yeah. Not to Jedi. Yeah. And that's incredibly unhealthy. Well, Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments, so counselors aren't necessary. Fuck all of that. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Wreath goes and does his uh, emotional purge, hopefully, uh, training montage where he's like, I'm going to get you, training droid. I'm going to set you to difficulty level five. And then he damn near decapitates the fucking thing. Yeah. And the droid's like, excellent job. Hey, can I suggest that um, next time you start at level seven and like no lower than that? And I'm like, no, I when I'm in a bad mood, I want to blow shit up. I set the game to a lower difficulty and I go. <laughs> yes, but that is not what Reith did here. Reith really does underestimate himself. Yeah, yeah. He's not aware of how much he leveled up during all of this tragedy because he's he's so like a, at a loss in his grief. He wanders into the meditation room, the one that's got the goddamn Kyber arch in it. Um, and he's like, OK, well, I guess I'll climb the Kyber arch. And he does. And it's easy. Yeah. Even though at the top of it, it is described as being only 10 centimeters wide. And my ugly American ass had to look that up. How many, how many inches is that? Four inches. Eh, it's not the best, but it'll do. It'll work. But like, it's definitely not like his foot is wider than that. But he had no trouble. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. had no trouble at all with it. He climbs down the other side and he's thinking, what the fuck, Master Jorah? Like, it is... Climbing the Kyber Arch by yourself is not only possible, it's not difficult. Like, why did you, uh, and he's like, in this weird stew of frustration and grief, and he's just desperate for a distraction. Hooray, he gets a call from the Jedi Council. Oh, great. And Steph, I'm sure the Jedi Council are going to be sympathetic. Mm -hmm. They're going to take as much time as they possibly can to hear him out, be considerate of his feelings. and <clears throat> No, they're like, hey, so we need you to come over here and look at some of these intel reports that we just got oh. uh, from the Starlight Beacon. Because you're one of the few Jedi to make it back from that part of space. So we need your insight. Well, because everybody else is fucking busy. Avar and... Or uh, dead. Or dead. <laughs> no, Avar and Elzar are trying to figure out where the box is. Where is the box? And no, no. What did the box? And everybody else is depressed because Jorah's dead and all that kind of shit. And and Wreath is like, okay, why aren't they asking Comac and, and Orla? Oh, Comac and Orla must be busy with the statues. Okay. Right. But ultimately, he's like, oh, thank God. Yes, a distraction. I will be right there. Okay. Meanwhile, Affy. And here's the thing. Ugh. This chapter in particular, bounces around a lot. Yeah. A lot. And I feel like that the, even the author is aware that, that this is a transitional part of the story, 
where like everybody came back from Adventure 1 and they're, we're gathering pieces for Adventure 2. And so this part is kind of boring. So we're going to move it as fast as we can. Yeah. That's what she's trying to do by bouncing it around. And I, and I, and I, and I need to get some feedback about the, the, the audio book. Um, even the, the narrator, he sounds bored reading this. Oh no. (laughs) I mean, and, and you cannot do that as an audiobook narrator. And you gotta be interested. And the voice, some of the voices he uses for some of the, the Jedi council characters, it's, mm, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, this isn't the best narrator uh, for the High Republic, and it doesn't help that I'm also re-listening to Mark Thompson doing Eye of Darkness. And I was about to say they can't all be Mark Thompson. That's yeah, rough. I mean it's unfair to to everybody because the, the narrator does good stuff. I, I I really appreciate his Leox voice a whole lot, but uh, yeah. He, he anyway. Anyway. So, um, one of our, uh, the first of our very quick jumps, we are, uh, with Affie. She's wandering around the space dock looking for her foster mom, Scover Bine, who we just found out last time, uh, is alive. Hooray. She finds her in the fanciest ship in dock, obviously. Uh, they're happy to see each other. They hug it out as much as you can hug it out with a bivalve. They're not terribly emotional, uh, as a species. Um, they're like, yay, we both survived. Uh, but Scover Bine is like, so did the, um, Jedi find your other cargo? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, huh, huh, huh? And Affy tells her, no, don't worry. That cargo is safe in temperature-controlled storage. Hmm. And it says in my notes, in all caps, holy shit, is it goddamn liquid Tabana? Oh, shit. Uh, because that is the only substance I know of, uh, canonically, that, that we're aware of, that absolutely has to be in temperature-controlled storage, or it will explode! <laughs> in a really big way. So a few people are saying that they prefer uh, this narrator's voice over Mark Thompson's. Certainly, it's subjective. Absolutely, but I, I have I have a point right here to make about the narrator. Their mm. choice of Scover Bynes' voice is fucking terrible, in my opinion. In your opinion, yeah, there yeah. You go. It Qualified. sounds like this. It is. We're insects. Help me! Help me! That oh, is wow. so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. In my opinion. But I hate it. I mean, the the bivalves that we've encountered. By the way, it just occurred to me while I was reading this one. Yeah. She's called a bivalve because her head is shaped like a shell and they're and they're aquatic. And shelled animals are often called bivalves. That's why Oh god damn it, Steph. Oh yep. But I will I will agree. The Leox's voice is fucking perfect in this book. So I love this. Is it is the narrator doing his best McConaughey impression? No, it, it, you know he doesn't. Mark Thompson goes full McConaughey, and all I agree right, with people. All right, that's all right. that's a bit distracting. Um, <laughs> like it. Uh, Look, the, McConaughey's a strong flavor. It is. It is. I, I think that this narrator hits the right uh, balance of you know that slight Texas draw with not not going full McConaughey. I I, pre- I prefer it. I do agree with everybody on that. All right. Um so, <laughs> All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so Oh, um, Affy, uh, confirms that, yeah, the cargo is fine. Um, and she's got some serious questions, TM, for her foster mom, but we're not going to get into that right now. Cut to, meanwhile, in the Jedi Temple's totally haunted basement. Because <laughs> remember, that's a Sith shrine down there. <laughs> Why did you build a temple on top of a sh- Anyway. Oh my god. Anyway, it's Orla Jereni, Comac Vitus, and a handful of other Jedi masters and scholars. They are all gathered together to do a big Jedi meditation thingy to... Uh, purge the evil from the statues and allow it to dissipate out into the virgins of the force that's right underneath them. This chapter is literally five paragraphs long. 
this part of the chapter, by yeah. the way. The most notable things about it are um, they mentioned that Yoda, if he was there, would be the one leading the meditation, but he's not. Mm-hmm. So again, we're name checking Yoda. Um, the person who is leading the person who is leading the meditation is Master Giktu Nelmo, who is a Lerman. Yes, I, I love remember that. The, remember the ones from the 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 Clone Wars episode with the Defoliator? <laughs> that one. Those are Lermans. We had a Jedi Master Lerman. I miss Clone okay. Wars. I miss talking about Clone Wars. Right. Ugh. Anyway, <clears throat> cut back to Affy. So that was a super necessary sidebar. Into Jedi. Anyway, cut back to Affy. She and Scover are eating at what is described as, quote, one of the stranger local establishments, a place with checkered floors, shiny red seats, and waiter droids that rolled around on impractical wheels. That Doesn't that sound familiar, Steph? It's Dex's diner. Yeah. Presumably pre-Dexter Jetster's tenure, because Besalisks are not known to be a species that lives for centuries, as far as I can tell. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's Dex's diner. I love that. I love it. I, I was like, aww, because I could totally picture it. So, because I've seen it in a movie. It's a whole thing. Anyway, Affy's trying to find a way to, like, diplomatically ask Scover a lot of questions that Scover maybe doesn't want to be asked right now. Um, so she's like, hey, did you uh, did you read our report about shit that went down out there? And Scover's like, eh, I haven't really had time. Here, try some space ice cream. <laughs> and successfully distracts Affy at that time. Uh, Affy tries again when they get to a spaceship dealership where Scover is clearly planning on like buying ships in bulk. So the, the buying guild is doing well, apparently. And um, Affy's like, hey, so um, do you ever wonder if maybe some of your pilots might be like cheating you in some way? And Scover Bond's like, oh, my God, are you trying to tell me that Leox is dirty? And Affy's like, no, 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 not saying that at all. Here's the entire story about finding this random space station pre-programmed into the vessel's Navi computer, and it's full of smuggler symbols, and I think they're plotting against you, blah, verbal vomit. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a lot. Scover hears her out, and then she's like, oh, honey, nobody's cheating me. The smugglers just write symbols like that sometimes. It's no big deal. What? Yeah, and Affy's like, okay, cool, but that station is super dangerous, and they need to stop using it because it fucking killed a Jedi? And they're like space monk wizards? Yeah. <laughs> that seems that seems like a problem. And Scoverbine's like, hey, you know, all the pilots are free to choose if they want to use that station or not. I'm not going to micromanage them. It's basically just a space truck stop. Don't worry about it. Hey, let's go find your favorite snacks. Gee, hmm. Yeah, um, and Affy puts on a smiling face, but she is suspicious. Here's what I think is is happening. This is what it feels like. I mean, for one thing, Scover's lying. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Even Affy, who adores her, is seeing that. But Scover is using the kind of distraction tactics that work on a much younger person than right, Affy. Right. Affy's been away from her for a while, and these these teenage years, a lot of growing up happens in a short amount of time. Right. So I feel like Affy left Scover a child, a, a competent child, mm-hmm. but a child, and has now come back to her um, a, a teen woman. Yeah. Well, we already know in the story of the book, she's like, she was in danger. She was getting attacked by gardening droids. and Yeah. She's grown up. She saw, she lost a, a companion. You yeah. know, it's like, it's a lot. And I'm sure having Geo there helps you like, uh, you know, be stable yeah. And mature a lot faster. 
Sure. Yeah, he's a, he's an excellent influence. Right. Very steady. Right. Because he's a rock. He's geode. Anyway, I feel like Affy grew up while Scover wasn't looking, and Scover is still using the tactics that she that would have worked on a younger person. To be honest, though, it would work on me now because that what what is it? Fried butter pops? What, what it what, it was like sweet butter puffs. It sounded like um, kettle corn. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, mm, no, that that don't. I would I would kick my grandmother in the knee for kettle corn. So <laughs> I fucking love kettle corn. Both of my grandmothers are dead. They don't mind. Anyway, so. We cut back to Reef, who is sitting in a room full of Jedi who all know that his master just died. And so they're all giving him, like, a respectful amount of space. And so in this moment, Reef earns a ding on the Buriaga Agaburi relatable awkwardness counter. Oh, God. It is so awkward, Chris. Perhaps you can relate to be the person in the room with the fresh tragedy and no one knows how to be around you. Yeah. So they don't talk about it, which makes it worse because it feels like it just puts a spotlight on you. And now you have the pressure of performing your grief for them, but not too much because you have to comfort them. Not them comforting you. You have to comfort them. One of my favorite moments in my life was, uh, this, you know, my so my mom passed away middle of summer, mm-hmm. you know, did the funeral thing, had to start high school. Uh, senior year and the first day back you know people who were talking to me suddenly weren't talking to me and then uh my boyfriend at the time uh you know picked me up from school and was crying and all this kind of stuff and i'm like why are you crying right and it, I, like i had to comfort him and it was just like Pfft. yeah yeah so it felt, it felt yeah. great i love it mm-hmm. loved it absolutely yeah every time i've had a medical emergency um i have been in the position of having to comfort somebody else about what's hurting me yeah and like, come the fuck on. Like, anyway, it's incredibly awkward. And it's because people, people don't know. They don't know how to be around that kind of enormous emotion um, in, under normal circumstances. And the Jedi, who are supposed to be naturally empathetic uh, creatures, really don't know uh, in this uh, Jedi order how to be around it. And so it makes, it makes everything very, very awkward for Reef. Anyway, thank God the PowerPoint presentation starts. <laughs> master uh master adampo of the jedi council steps forward he's like let's talk about the nihil oh. okay cool so we already knew that they were like marauders and pirates out in the frontier and stuff but now we know that they were directly responsible for the legacy run disaster what yeah wreath is like record scratch hold up so they not only killed my master <laughs> but they set off the whole chain of awful events that led to, like, Dez dying and everything else. And, like, it says, quote, it was as though the rage descended on him. He wouldn't have believed he had the cap- capacity for that kind of hate in him. They killed my master, whispered an unfamiliar, undeniable voice in his head. The Nihil murdered her. Yeah. And then he hears his master's voice, a memory of it anyway, whispering to him to turn away from the hate and back to the light. And it calms him back down and he's able to tune back in to the PowerPoint presentation. And that's on being emotionally healthier than Anakin Skywalker. Well. Only a little. (laughs) But only a little bit. So, yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck, Jedi Council? 
You just this is the first time you talk to Reese about the circumstances of his master's death, and it's to put him in the middle of, of this fucking presentation to a bunch of other Jedi, where you're just like, by the way, these people that killed your master, they also did a bunch of other shit. Like, don't spring. Nobody thought to pull him aside ahead of time. I know it drives these people drive me nuts. I, I y'all, I'm I messaged Chris. And I told him, look, these chapters are radicalizing me against the Jedi Order. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And here's the, we're going to pause everything that's going on. Okay. Here's the thing. Concepts like the Jedi Order, okay, where it's all like serenity and no attachment and, uh, and just a generalized empathy for all things in the Force and, and just being a hero, like the superhero of the galaxy far, far away. These things hold up great in movies. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're only sitting with it for a couple of hours. Or a TV show where you just kind of brush by it and you get distracted by the visual and, um, and, you know, the, your love of the characters and stuff, like in the Ahsoka show and everything, where, so the rest of it doesn't like sit too heavily on you, right? There's other shit going on. Okay. But the Jedi Order and its dogma does not hold up to book level scrutiny, in my opinion. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because when you're reading the book, for one thing, all of these concepts are come into existence inside your brain. It's not being fed to you with any kind of other distraction. Like, all of this is happening inside your head. So, so there's that. But you're also sitting with it for chapters and chapters and hundreds of pages. And it keeps happening repeatedly, particularly in this book, where the grief of this boy is incredibly mismanaged. And that, and, and we see it in the, the, the relevance of the flashback is that the grief of Comac Vitus 25 years earlier was incredibly mismanaged. And this is a failure of the Jedi Order and a failure of the dogma, a weakness of the dogma, uh, of this, of this order. And so that is something that you don't notice when you're just sitting in the movie for a couple hours and there's like lightsabers and space battles and right, shit. Look right. a Wookiee, you know? Yeah, this uh. is where I wish. Star Wars to get a rewrite, and this is why I eye people suspiciously when they say, I want serious Star Wars, I want well-written Star Wars, because if you think about it, George Lucas came up with all this shit after uh, smoking hashish and reading Dune. And and getting really upset about Vietnam. Right. And um, back then, especially back then, showing emotion of any kind was considered to be weakness of, of sorts. And mm-hmm. now we know it's not, it's the opposite of being emotional and expressing yourself and not hiding your feelings is strength. Ooh, yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. The, this whole no emotions, no attachment thing is definitely a product of the, the toxic masculinity that was just yeah. baked into the clay at the time. And that's it. The philosophy of the Jedi order is based on toxic masculinity. And that's Yikes. why we're able to poke so many holes in it all the time. Now, because it's a different it's a different time. We know a lot more about mental health than we did back then mm-hmm. and the Jedi just need a rewrite. Well, I feel like that's I feel like that's something that the higher public authors are aware of. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing it so clearly. Like Claudia Gray, if she wanted to, could just leap over this or shoehorn in somebody who's like, Hey Reith, you okay? And stuff like that. But she's She's clearly writing about this because she, I, I feel like she agrees uh, that there's something wrong. I'm hoping that's why. Yeah. And and she's not like this is totally correct, and I don't think it is. But yeah. And Ray Skywalker, she, if y'all if y'all can make some adjustments in your new Jedi Order, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, she might. I don't know. She's leaning pretty heavily on the Jedi texts, though. She's going to have to learn to grow beyond that. 
it's a whole thing. Anyway, um, so I, I feel like the High Republic authors are aware of this flaw. Uh, in the Star War, uh, being a product of its time and they're trying to evolve it. They are unfortunately trying to evolve it from the past in the canon timeline. And so that's, they're, they're maybe trying to evolve that perspective, but they can't because they have to write us, they have to write for us the culture that spawned a Jedi Order that would produce Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I feel like that's kind of a, that's kind of a trap for the writers a little bit. They kind of they are where they are, and they're having to do what they're doing. I I am two books into the High Republic. Well, no, so it, that's the ass I'm talking. It's out a of continuous right now. trap. It, uh, just like just like how Clone Wars was trapped by whatever is going to happen in Episode Three. These writers are trapped in the constructs of the of the Star Wars philosophy. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the PowerPoint presentation about the Nihil already in progress. They're like, hey, we need to know more about the Nihil. We don't know how many of them there are or even what fucking species they are because they wear masks all the time. Observe these pictures mm-hmm. and, and video that they got of the Nihil actually conducting a raid at the time. And Wreath is like, oh, that's cool. They've got like these blue marks on them. Oh, God damn That's it. interesting. Yeah. And then uh, the, the Jedi are like, and also notable about their ships, they are these weird modular break into pieces patchwork monstrosities that they use to fly around and inflict hell upon the galaxy. And then they show a picture of a Nihil ship. And oh my God, it looks exactly like Nan and Haig's ship. God damn it. Quote, as Wreath starts to realize, and he starts like, he's fucking... Record scratch, we are losing cabin pressure about this. Quote, their vagueness about where they came from. The violent deaths of Nan's parents. The carbon scoring on the plates of their ship. The blue streaks in Nan's hair. Wreath whispers, they're Nihil. And I love being right. I I do have on my notes, uh, uh, please take time to celebrate uh, Steph's moment. I was right. You were right. I was right. Steph, girl... It is so That's a fucking Nihil. She's it is so fucking hard to not spoil you. <laughs> it is so fucking hard. It's just like, like you've like, just been sitting there like she's right for for weeks now. Y'all go back to. I think it's. I, I don't remember what what part of of this of this series we introduced Nan, but I don't know. It was like she's been around. It was like we the moment Steph mentions the word Nan, it was like blah 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 blah. She's fucking Nihil. I almost fall out of my fucking chair. <laughs> was this a surprise reveal? For me, I was shocked. Really? Yeah, girl, like, again, you're smarter than me. I don't know how much fucking time I have to fucking say this. Like, it's just like, how does she fucking know? How did she figure that out? What the I fuck? I laid out my evidence very clearly. I, I know, thought. and it made me feel so fucking dumb the whole way through. And I just can't, uh, uh, I... Mm, anyway... Exhibit A, Steph is smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> they were Nihil all along. I was right there. I'm going to take my little victory lap now. Snap. Enjoying it. There. A- anyway, uh, uh, I now also know if I if Steph and I ever read a High Republic book together, I need I need her not to talk about it till we're done with the book because she's going to be like, <laughs> be like, Marcian Rose, actually, blah, blah, blah's father and all this shit. I'll be like, I didn't get that at all. You know, it's just like, blah. You just have to stay ahead of me in the book is what it is. Impossible. Or just or just read the book before I even know because it. you read a which whole... Which is easy because you are nine million books ahead of me right now. Now, but like if we were... Okay, y'all, sidebar. Oh, God. There were times where Steph and I bought the same book. 
And she's like, okay, I'm going to go in my bedroom, read this. I'll be like, fine. And I like read like two chapters of the book and I'll come downstairs and stuff's like already reading a different book. I'm like, did you, are you taking a break? She's like, no, I already fucking finished the book. And it's like, what the fuck? That was, that was a running theme. All the uh, fucking the time. I, well, because I used to have all of this fucking bandwidth because I didn't have children um, to, to just fucking sit down and read. To just like sink into my middle school self who would read books instead of talk to people and just devour books. Yeah. I can't do that anymore, though. Life is lifing. Life is lifing. Yeah. And audiobooks, I'm at the mercy of however fast a narrator speaks. So You don't want to listen to it in two times speed? <laughs> so I tried that once. Just one. listen to the talk really fast. <laughs> I, I tried that once with uh, Light of the Jedi. And Marcian Rose sounded like Alvin from the Chipmunks. <laughs> the galaxy is mine. It's like no, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking work. It doesn't fucking work. Less sexy now. Should be less sexy now. Uh, no, Should for be. sure less sexy. For sure less sexy. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm right. I was right all along. Yeah. Nan and Hager Nihil, Chapter Sixteen. God damn it. Um, Affy is getting settled into the super duper luxury hotel suite with Scover. It's like a penthouse up in Coruscant. This shit is expensive as fuck. Being the leader of a guild pays very well, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, Scover takes off to do some business meetings or whatever. She's leaving Affy in the suite and Affy pretends to like chill for a little while and then just casually shuts off all the droids in mm-hmm. the suite because she's going to go snoop. Dun, she's going to go dun, snoop dun, into dun, her dun, mom's dun, stuff. Dun, 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 dun. Look, y'all, um, I don't support... I would never snoop because um, I don't want to learn shit that I can't unlearn. But I support other people snooping and then telling me about it. I have that's to, what I support. I have to. <laughs> that's actually that's fucking snoop. true. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I don't know why my notes uh, autocorrected snoop to shoop and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, shoop, shoop, shoop. yeah, and uh, the scene was ruined for me. So. Yep, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she hacks into her foster mom's info pad, and she finds all of this confidential info, the kind of info that it specifically states, if you share this outside of the guild, you will be expelled, expelled from the guild. So that's fun. Uh, and she finds something that is described as, quote, incentives include double bonuses slash forgiveness of ship purchase price interest slash shortened indentures. Excuse me? Yeah. Affie's brain comes to a screeching halt as she realizes the buying guild uses indentured workers. You mean slaves? Not quite. Mm-hmm. Not quite. You see, it's indentured servitude is like slavery with an end date. I fucking hate indentured servitude, slavery, and internships. They're the worst fucking It's all thing. the same. Yeah. It's all the same <laughs> to me. It's so... F- when when someone does work for you, pay them. They need to be compensated for that work. Correct. I fucking hate that. Hate it. And now okay. Scover Bind is my least favorite person in the whole galaxy. Hate her. Affy uh, has, like, the pieces are all starting to come together in, in her mind. She runs a search on her parents' ship, on, on Scover's bi- uh, thing, the info pad, um, on her parents' ship, the Kestrel's Drive. She runs a, shirt, a search as she reads, her hands start to shake, and she wishes that she had never snooped. What did she see, Chris? We don't know, because we got to cut to Reed Silas. What? Yep. I, uh, I, hate yep. The, I hate the jumping around. 
It's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. he is trying, he's standing up in the middle of this presentation, trying to convince the Jedi Council that they totally met some Nihil back on the Maxine space station. Yeah. The the girl I totally flirted with for way too long, yeah, way too uncomfortably long. Turns out she's our enemy. Da, 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 da. And, oh shit, I told her too much shit. All kinds of shit. Yeah, and the Jedi Council are skeptical. Um, but luckily, there was somebody back on the vessel who was available to send over images of Nan and Haig's ship. One moment, oh. yes, ma'am. Sweetheart, come here. The other door is open, baby. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> to our patrons, behold the boomer. That sounded like a battle cry on Mike stuff. No. Go. I the, don't want to go through that door. I want to go through the really other door. She really doesn't, baby. You yelled at the other. She's walking back. No cats, words, man. Fucking no, cats. No thoughts. No words. She doesn't want to. She wanted to go out that door, not that door. Which is open. She wants the door that is closed. I didn't open the closed do- door for her. Instead, I pointed her at the door she doesn't want. So fuck all of it. She's just going to go lay down. Okay. Um, I love cats, but I don't want to own one. <laughs> Shark Week is doing me dirty. I know, right? Okay, anyway. So we have cut to Wreath Silas. We already did that. God damn it. Catch up with your own fucking notes, bitch. Um, so, yeah. Uh, somebody at the vessel uh, was available to send over pictures of Nan and Haig's ship. Uh, Reith is like, did Geode send that? Was it Leox? Who did that? Probably was Geode. It Geode. How would Geode operate the comms? And like, Reith, let it go. He just touches the buttons. He just, and... he just no, does he? Yeah. He just, with his with his little rocky fingers that we've never seen? Sure. Okay. Anyway, so the Jedi Council are all like, huh, well, look at that. Uh, the pictures do look like Nihil. You're totally right. Those were lucky for you. They decided to not be super dangerous while you guys were there. So there's no harm done. And Reith is like, yeah, about that. I told them everything. Oh, I was flirting with a girl and I feel real stupid about it now because she was definitely pumping me for Intel the whole time. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was I was talking to her all about the Jedi Order at the same time that other Nihil were killing my master. So that's fun. Awesome. The Jedi Council are like, meh, it's not like you knew any classified intel <laughs> that you could have told. And Reith is like, yeah, but I told them things they didn't know. So even if what I did know wasn't classified, it's stuff they didn't know. They now know more about us than they did before, and that's my fault. And so he gets it in his head that he is going to make it right. Wow. He wants to go back to the Amaxine station where Nan and Haig are obviously still there, hopefully repairing their ship because we have no idea how much time has passed. Uh, he wants to go back and arrest them. And the council is like, mm, nah. Well, no, it's not even that. They're like, are you sure? Because people color their hair all the time and they build part, uh, they mutilate their ships and diff- build out different parts all the time. And it's yeah. like, come on, guys. They're not super sold on it, uh, and they're definitely not going to let him go back out there. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to put in a formal request to go back on my own. That is Because they're like, bullshit. we can't spare you any masters or anything to, to go. He's like, I'm going to put in a formal request to, to go back on my own. And the council's like, okay, we're going to deny it. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. And Reith thinks to himself, if he was denied, he might have to find out just how far he was willing to deviate from the council's orders. Right. Ew. Meanwhile, Leox is getting stoned on the vessel. Correct. Like you do. 
Affy shows up and something is capital W wrong Yeah, uh, with her. And Leox is like, okay, I'm just going to let her broach the subject. She starts out by asking where Geode is. And Leox tells her, quote, hitting the clubs. The gods only know what time he'll be back. Someday that guy's going to have to slow down. See? Okay. Anyway, what? Uh, she, what? She, What's she, wrong she with that? Of course, of course he is. Of course he is out there. Sure, whatever. Anyway, Geo, Geo, Geo likes to. Be, okay, he may not be extroverted. He may be not. He may not talk a lot like you want. But he still likes to be part of the scene. And you know what? Sure. I, I had that phase too in my life. I used to go to gay clubs and I would sit in the corner and just let the music be absorbed by the music, the energy, the crowd, and enjoy myself. And I like to do that a lot. And Geo's the same way. Absolutely. Anyway, so Affy's still sad. Uh, and Leox is like, looks like it's time for me to answer some questions. Steph, and oh, Aff- real, sorry, real quick. Hope says she has pictures of Geode in the club that she'll send you. Who's Hope? Where's Hope saying that? Uh, in the chat. Uh, I'm so- oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> do these episodes live for our patrons, unedited. Uh, and Hope, who is also a member, by the way, of For Light and Dice, my other podcast where it's set in the High Republic. It's a table- real-, real play, tabletop role-playing game podcast. <gasps> she has pictures of Geode in the club that she's going to send stuff. Amazing. Cool. Thanks, Hope. I look forward to it. <sighs> yeah, well, put a nickel in you. We got the whole promo. Okay. <laughs> so... Affy tells Leox uh, that she found out that the Bind Guild indentures people. And he knew. And did not tell her. Leox? Well, what? Are you going to tell a child that their foster mom totally has slaves? And when, you no. put it, when you put it like that, I guess not. Exactly. Yeah. Leox ponders indentured servitude in the galaxy far, far away. It's slavery light. It's uh, slavery with an end date. Um, however, it is usually no less than seven years of servitude, during which time you don't make any money. All the money you make goes to your master. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Cool. Um, but uh, no less than seven years could be as long as 30 years. I-, I imagine that depends on the species that you have indentured. If it's humans, you don't want to do that. Right. Because 30 years, they're going to die. <laughs> That's like their whole life. That's the whole thing. Anyway, the Republic has laws limiting what you could make indentured people do. Like, oh, example, risk their lives. You Does, can't do wait, that. Wait, so the Republic has unions that support human life and work-life balance? Uh, the Republic has laws that allow you to do slavery within certain parameters. Oh. I wouldn't call this a union. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, gee. Anyway. So Affy looked up her parents as well and found out, oops, they were indentured to Scoverbine. Shit. Shit. Yeah, so my whole theory about how Affy's parents were plotting against Scover and Scover had them killed, that was partially wrong. Which means I'm partially right. Because they, <laughs> they did die. And I do believe Scover is raising Affy out of guilt for her parents' death. Mm-hmm. But not because Scover had them killed directly. We'll learn more. Okay. So what Affy was able to discover was that the smuggler's code at the Amaxine station was not a conspiracy against Scover. It was like signing the guest book at the station, right? Yeah. It's proof that they were there using the station because Scover Bind offers those incentives like shortened indentured servitude for the pilots to do the really dangerous shit like using the Amaxine station. Her parents died there. Holy fuck. She didn't know it. She was visiting their grave. Oh, damn. So that's... God, why didn't you have to put it like that? 
there you go, because I'm here to bring the joy. All right. <laughs> Apparently, guild pilots have been tapping the helix rings at the Amaxine station to boost their engines, because if you do it right, you can travel through hyperspace at a tenth of the fuel cost, thus drastically improving your profit margins. If you do it wrong, your ship explodes and you die. Nice. And it's really easy to get it wrong. Yeah. So that's what happened to Affy's parents. And Leox tells her, I'm so sorry you had to find out like that. He gives her empathy. He gives her a bottle of water. He keeps her company. He provides her with information and advice like you just have to get used to carrying that weight, man. All right, all right, all right. One stoned man is better than the entire Jedi Order at helping kids process grief. I have the exact same scene in my notes. Uh, and that's 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 it right there that's the whole issue so what claudia gray is showing us is that she damn well knows how it should go she's deliberately showing us that the jedi order's got it wrong and i appreciate that meanwhile the jedi are in the haunted basement doing a meditation (laughs) they're all synced up together they're like okay on three we're gonna release the force containment field around these evil statues and all of the evil is going to be unleashed into the virgins of the force and it's going to dissipate one two three boom except there's nothing there to be contained or released Uh uh-oh the evil was never in the statues it was on the goddamn station the whole time they got it wrong but wait wait if the the statues didn't do that and the evil's actually on the station what did the statues actually do and is removing them a big mistake well comac explains (laughs) (laughs) he says quote the statues weren't holding the dark side within themselves they were holding the dark side on the amaxine station keeping it imprisoned there attempting to warn us of it so when we remove the statues and orla like a good bestie finishes his thought and says we didn't remove the darkness we set it free (laughs) and i would love to sit here with them and like figure out how badly they fucked up and what we should do next except we're gonna flashback part four to 25 years earlier what yeah. what okay. i hate this so much i'm gonna get through this quick because fucking ugh. baby padawan orla and baby padawan comac are wandering around subterranean giant snake infested tunnels with orla's master Larret. quick reminder comac's master isn't there because he's dead Orla and Comac are having a quiet chat. Orla's like, I'm so sorry about your master who just fucking died a few minutes ago. And Comac is like, nope, I'm not supposed to mourn. He's one with the force. I'm supposed to be happy for him. Oh, my. Yeah. And Orla's like, uh, Jedi platitude? And Comac's like, quote, it's ridiculous. They command the master and apprentice spend years together working as a partnership, as close as any family could possibly be, and then they expect us not to become attached. I never thought about it before, I never had to, but now I can't escape how unfair it is. Worse than unfair, it's wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's right. Orla doesn't say anything because she's thinking, wow, that's not the kind of thing we're supposed to say out loud, especially when all of my instincts want to agree with you. But I want to be the bestest Jedi ever to be a Jedi. So I will suppress my instincts and try to be more like my master. Oh, my God. These kids are so fucked up. Makes you wonder why uh, Comac isn't joining Orla on her wayfinderness, you know? Wayseeker. Or wayseekerness, I'm sorry. Right? Wait. I don't. It's way something. They're, they're not listening to the Jedi Order anymore. They're not. <laughs> Anyway, Comac is thinking to himself that that was dumb. I shouldn't have said that out loud. 
<laughs> and he's like, conceal, don't feel. I will honor Master Simic's memory by being the best emotionally repressed Jedi you can ever be. Anyway, their you know, whole conversation. Yes. The way you're putting it right now, because I didn't huh? think about it this way until just now. You know what that sounds like to me? What? Being in the closet about your sexuality. Ooh. I hate that. Okay. But that, I mean, so I don't, I'm, I don't hate, I'm gonna be the best. I don't hate yeah. you. I just I hate the re- relation to that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a very relevant parallel to draw that I hadn't thought of either. Good job, Heather. Uh, Good job. I'm gonna go cry now. <laughs> anyway, their conversation comes to a screeching halt because Master Larrett points out that the tunnel that they are in right now is right underneath the kidnappers' lair because oh, by the way, they are here to rescue the leaders of Irem and Erino. Who we spend the next half a dozen paragraphs watching those leaders start to become friends or whatever. I don't fucking care. Okay. <sighs> I, I think we're going to skip phase two because th- that, <laughs> that, 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 those, those four or five paragraphs is basically all of phase two. Uh, oh. Throw in a demon twink and, oh. and a crazy evangelical uh, villain, and you got phase two. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so chapter 17. Opens with the line, quote, what do they do with a leftover Padawan? <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Could you just stomp on my whole heart? Jesus. <sighs> anyway, Wreath is like, I don't fucking know. I don't know if a new master is going to pick me or what. I don't know what happens now because, quote, it was a measure of the peace and prosperity of the Republic that Wreath had never known an apprentice in the same situation. This is unfucking precedented to him. Oh my gosh. And there's no like adults who have perhaps been around for centuries, Master Rancisus, Master Yoda, who would be able to handle this and tell him what the precedent is. Because surely this has happened before. Surely. Anyway, Wreath gets called to the council again, and he's totally sure that they are going to uh, bitch at him for leaking intel to Nan the Nihil. Uh, but no, they want to talk to him about getting him a new master. And he's all, wait a second, did a master choose me already? And they're like, no, you're on bereavement leave or whatever that is in the Jedi Order. Um, <laughs> only you can tell us when you're ready to resume your training. And he's like, Seriously? You want me to make choices right now? Like, like maybe his grief isn't a heavy enough fucking burden to bear right now. They also want him to make major life decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Fuck mm-hmm. that. Never make a major life decision while you are in the throes of your grief, kids. Absolutely not. Right. This is not a decision he should be making. I appreciate that they're like, you need to let us know your pace. But, but that's not something like that's a conversation you have in a month or whatever. Right. Not now. Not not the next day. Why didn't they wait to give him the options? You know, it's like I just yeah, uh, you're right. Because insensitive. Because in fucking sensitive. Because they're busy with other stuff and they've got him here now. Let's go ahead and have the conversation. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, they're like, but wait, there's more. We also want you to let us know what kind of assignment you want to go on. Do you want to stay on Coruscant? Do you want to go back out to the frontier like your late master wanted? Think it over and let us know. Like, fuck off. God. He shouldn't have to decide anything right now. He should he should be allowed to train and meditate and talk to one of those counselors that you hand out like fucking popcorn to civilians and, and get his head on straight right. and process some grief and go through some stages. But whatever, that's not how we operate here. (laughs) 
Anyway, he thanks them and he leaves because what the fuck else is he going to do? And he's thinking, my only future plans right now are that I want to get back to the Amaxine station and fucking arrest Nan and Haig. He says, he thinks, quote, I need to set right the one big mistake I ever made in my life. Do you remember, uh, you remember, Chris? You remember being so young you'd only ever made one mistake? I was like five, I think. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the fact that Reef made it to, what, 15, 16, and only have one big mistake? God bless Good him. Good job, archives boy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, did you misshell the book? <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, fuck, poor fucking Reef. Meanwhile, poor fucking Affy. Ugh. She is pondering what few memories of her parents she has and realizes that they were trying to fast-track their indentured servitude for her so that they could be free while she was still young. And the only way to do that was to take on Scoverbine's most dangerous assignments. So they did. For her. And they died. Wow. And that's the thing. What what are young adult novels but the trauma of children persisting, enduring, I'm just a, being in your face? I had this long talk with a friend of mine, and we realized I realized that other than Star Wars, now you went through the fucking door. You kidding me, right, Boomer? She just moseyed back in. I don't even know when she left. Hi, sweetie. Sorry, you had a conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I had a conversation with a friend. And I was like, when was the last time I read a young adult novel that wasn't in Star Wars? And we were talking about it. It's like, oh, my God. It was Twilight and it was Hunger Games. Fuck <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Twilight. Twilight doesn't count. No, 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 no. You no, know no, what? No, uh, no, no. That was so... I don't know if you were... No, um, I, I don't remember where I was living at the time. But I had chicken pox and it was really, oh, really bad because I was in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. And that's when I read the entire Twilight series because I'm so sorry those books are so dumb. Even I could read those books in a whole fucking week. Um, but you know what? No regrets. He imprinted on a baby. Such a childbirth involved biting her belly until the baby came out. It was so fucking dumb. So dumb. so fucking dumb that I felt like I could escape. And that's that's just like, that's like me. Y'all may see a, a, a reoccurring theme with me now. I was able to not think about the fact that I could die because I was, I was actually that sick. Um, and I was able to escape into a world of stupid fucking melodrama. I have never heard about this illness that you had. Yeah, I had sick. I was really sick. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. What? I, I, I wasn't told about it. Was, did I have a baby at the time? You were, uh, oh, you know what? You were in the hospital. Oh, that's why. So that was because I was almost dying in a hospital and you were almost dying of chicken pox and we just did not contact each other. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I, I, I actually remember waking up, waking up in a fever dream and getting a message from your partner. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I'm in a panic mode right now. That was good yeah, times. That was a good week. That was that was Lucas's job to inform people that I may or may not survive. I, I, <laughs> anyway, that was a great week. Yeah, good times. Um Hey, so let's back to the High Republic. We are so on top of it today, y'all. So, because we have just one Affy, recording. Affy, <laughs> having realized all of this shit about her parents, starts researching the laws around indentured servitude and finds out that the Republic is pretty strict about it. If you're going to have slaves in the Republic, um, you cannot give your indentured servitude people, your indentured servants, I guess that's what we're calling them, you can't give them dangerous assignments because that's actually illegal in the Republic, and punishable by jail time and the dissolution of the company found to engage in such practices. So Scoverbine 
could go to jail for this. And the entire Bind Guild could be dissolved, which, Affy realizes, would put all of those pilots, including Leox and Geode, out of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what the fuck does she do? I don't know. She gets an idea. We don't know what it is yet. Okay. She stomps into the vessel and announces that they have to go back to the Amaxine station. Oh. And it's, yeah, it says, quote, Geode was speechless. He was. He's always speechless. He, he was just as surprised as everybody else. He's always speechless as he doesn't talk because he's a rock. <laughs> I Look, what you're seeing right now, I am fully in me thinks the lady doth protest too much phase, okay? Right. I know. I know. I know about Geode, but no, I don't. Fuck that. No, I am flailing, desperately trying not to be fully lured over to the Geode side here, okay? Anyway, Leox does a slow horror movie turn to Affy and says, why would we go back <laughs> to the Maxine station? <laughs> are, you, are you okay? <laughs> that was the funniest fucking face of my you're laughing at my face right now? The way your Lord Shaw went, why? <laughs> I don't even know what I did, but I'm glad it amused you. <laughs> hey, if you guys want to see whatever the fuck it is that Chris is losing his shit about, Ow. join our Patreon, Ow. five bucks a month, Ow. and you can get the video version of this podcast. Oh, my neck hurts so bad right now. <laughs> good. Okay. That was so good. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> Effie tells them that we have to go back because that station is still being used by indentured guild pilots and only the indentured guild pilots because apparently Affy found records that Scover doesn't offer those super dangerous assignments to any of her pilots who are free. Only to the desperate and the indentured. Which is really shitty. Right. And it's also why nobody on the vessel had ever heard of that station before. Because they're free. <sighs> Anyway, Affy wants to go back and gather evidence and present it to Scover. The way Affy is thinking about this, she's thinking, quote, if I show this to Scover, she'll realize that she has to back down, that she has to stop using that station and any other hazardous locales that she's sending indentured people to. Girl. Honey, what you're saying is you want to blackmail your foster mom. And I, I support her wrongs. A hundred percent. I am team Affy. But like, dress that up how you want, honey. That's You want to blackmail her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But God bless Leox and Geo, they're ride or die. They're of course. Like, okay. Of course okay. they are. What do we need? We can't arm up the vessel too much because that'll raise too much suspicion. Uh, but the people that are still at the station, definitely still there, are super dangerous. So we need to go weapon shopping. And it turns out Geode has some black market weapon stealer contacts because, of course, he does. Duh. <sighs> Duh. Meanwhile, Comac and Orla. Oh, God. Uh, they are realizing how badly they fucked up. And it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, they fucked up so bad that the other Jedi in the room are saying passive aggressive things like, look, no one blames you. Mm. <laughs> and then their armchair quarterback pointing out exactly what Orla and Comac did wrong. They're like, you should have done the protective ritual at the beginning, as soon as you sensed the weird dark side shit with the statues, and you shouldn't have moved the statues, and all of this stuff. Here's everything you did wrong, but nobody's blaming you, sweetie. I know, right? I'm just 
just nobody's like, blaming I'm you. Like, what the fuck passive aggressive bullshit is this? That's but, Jedi passive aggressive bullshit. I know, but again, I have to go back to what I said many episodes ago. If there was just a sign that says, "Please if don't," they had just please don't move something. Please don't move. Dark side yeah. holding down. Do not remove statues. You know what? Maybe there was a sign, but it's underneath all the grass that has now grown on this station. Uh. Anyway, Comac is arguing that they had no way of knowing the dark side was living on the station. He says, quote, there was nothing else alive on that station save for plants. And what I sensed was far more complex than anything I've ever picked up from plants strong in the darkness, end quote. Comac. Girl. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dean on the Des right ends always fucking right. Please listen to him, Counter. Please listen to him, Counter. God damn it. Yeah. Des was like, what about the plants? What if whatever it is is here and it's living on the station? Des was right. Des was right the whole time. Thank Des. Anyway. R.I.P. baby. But I just want to take Comac gently by his beautiful shoulders mm-hmm. and, and just say, honey, you traveled to that station with a rock for a navigator and you still don't have a notion that maybe living beings that appear to be very simple could actually be very super complex. You don't, you don't get that. And also, how is this the thing that convinces me about Geode? How is Comac being so wrong about what exactly life could be? The thing that makes me go, okay, Geode's a person. Geode's a wonderful person. He's a person. He's a fully realized person. He's not a rock. That's a person. He's a Vintian. He's a person. And you know why? You know how that's the thing that convinced me? Because I love being right, and I love it when other people are wrong about the thing I'm right about. So I had to change my whole mind to fit that into the parameters for this situation. I... I'm a mess. This is the greatest Dark Side Divas episode of all time. <laughs> we've it, it, it was it's got everything. It's got know. everything we've ever done. Making making each other life laugh, life laugh to the point life. of tears. Uh, Chris can't pronounce shit, and Steph has. I can't believe I'm saying this for the uh, second time in the podcast. Changed her fucking mind. Out of spite, though. Out of spite. Out of spite. I'll take it. That is. I'll take that's it. What, that's I'll what take makes it. it happen. I'll take it. It's better than out of sorrow, which is what Jar Jar. <laughs> Yeah. Out of depression, yeah. <laughs> Out of pity and sadness. I, um, I, you yeah. know what? I'm going to let my uh, partner know I'm retiring, and uh, <laughs> I, I, That's it. I'm going to sail to the uh, the sea and just retire. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to that island that the Bad Batch uh, retired from. Uh, retired. That's to. a nice island. Yeah. It's got some earthquake problems though. So. And you know, oh, there'll be <laughs> the earth will be shaking one the way earth or the will other. Move yeah. under my feet. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway. Anyway, goddamn. So, yeah, Comac is, is totally blind. I'm telling you, the plants are bad. They're going to get back to the Maxine station. Again, I have not read ahead. I know nothing about what happens in the, the High Republic after this. I predict they're going to get back there and the plants are going to fucking feed me Seymour all over them. It's going to be little Audrey twos taking over the entire space station and demanding blood and singing. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Anyway, I can't say anything. You're being silent now. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm going to be right again. I can't. I'm going to be right again. Okay, so Comac is like, all right, so what? (laughs) (laughs) Feed me, Grubborn. Feed me now. Oh my gosh. Just like that. That was hot. Da-do.
Okay. Uh, so Comac's like, what the fuck are we going to do? Orla's like, we got to go back. We have to go back to the Maxine station and put the fucking statues back. And the other masters are all, uh-huh, yeah, definitely, totally going to do that. Just not right now. And Orla's like, hold on, what? How many, how many more people who are still using that station, by the way, need to get hurt and die before we do something about it? Because we, this is our fuck up. We need to go back and fix it. Comac cuts her off and is like, you know what? Masters, it's cool. You don't have the masters to spare to go do, do this. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go ahead and volunteer to take these statues and put them somewhere else besides the Sith basement shrine. Um, and y'all have a good day. Bye. What? And they start to leave and Orla is having a frustration migraine. And then as they're on their way out the door, Comac says, you will notice they didn't actually forbid us to go. In my notes, in all caps, what Anakin Skywalker bullshit is this? Oh, wait, he's right. Ding! Ding on the Anakin Skywalker bullshit counter. They're going to go. They're going to go. Fuck it. They're going to go. Fuck it. And Comac states specifically, it's because on their first mission together, they made a mistake. And now they made another mistake. But this one that they can at least put right. Yeah. So they're going to go do that. He also mentioned something really interesting that's really quick, and I kind of wanted... I, I, we've sure. gone so late, so I don't know if we have time. Fucking whatever. I don't care, He man. mentions he has a stipend. He mentions yeah. he has money. Yeah. That means each Jedi gets an allowance. Yeah. What? Sure. How do you think they bebop all over the galaxy? And just, like, I promise, like, build the Jedi Temple? I, no. I honestly always assume they ask nicely. Well, in a lot of cases, they probably do. I doubt their stipend is terribly generous. I mean, okay. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't have, like, this is, this is a thing that I've learned from having friends who are active duty military. Yeah. You get this paycheck, but you don't have to pay for where you live. You don't have to pay for the clothes you wear. You don't have to pay for the food you eat. So you just have all this money. And the Jedi don't do what they do, which is get tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking true. <laughs> like, if they don't have a family to support, if they're single and childless, they just get tattoos. <laughs> so that's what you do with disposable income. Oh, my gosh. But the Jedi don't do that. So uh, I, they don't have personal possessions, really. Everything they own is issued to them by the Jedi Order. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's a per diem that's for, like, meals, I guess? I don't know. Uh, um, Ash, Ash, who's one of our patrons, is watching us live. She put in the chat, um, did you forget Qui-Gon's money in Phantom Menace? Well, I honestly thought the Chancellor gave him, like, a sack of money. He's like, maybe you need this. <laughs> well, he had Republic credits. Yeah. But that's Republic it. credits, no good here. <laughs> <laughs> Republic credits will do fine. No, okay. they don't. I'm sorry, I'm just going to start quoting the movie. <laughs> That's enough of that. Let's okay. So meanwhile, Reef is finding comfort in the only place he can. It's the archives. He's reading up on some old fairy tales about the Amaxine warriors when Oh hi, Master Comac, with your hood up, very subtle. Okay. Yeah. Not at all suspicious. We, we've we've talked about this a lot. When the hood is up, that is Jedi stealth mode. Yes. Absolutely. So Comac is like, hey, Wreath, so I heard that you put in a request to return to the Amaxine station. And Wreath is like, yeah, they're never going to say yes. Oh, my God. Did you also hear that Stephanie was right about Nan and Haig being the Nihil? <laughs> also, Hope wrote in our chat, again, we're doing this live. Uh, my favorite Comac scene ever. He literally comes up to Wreath, hood up and says, I'm gay. Let's do crimes. And kids, kids have, kidnaps this child for a casual treason. <laughs> It's true. 
Because Komak is like, hey, dude, we fucked up. We took the statues out of the station. You want to help us put them back? And Reith is like, did the council say we could go? And Komak is like, they didn't say we could not go. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, word of warning, if we go, it's not necessarily going rogue. It's more like showing initiative because ding on the Anakin Skywalker bullshit counter. But one word of caution, if when we run into trouble out there, we can't call for backup. Because we are on our own. And Reith is like, cool, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> but the first step is they have to steal the statues out of the Jedi Temple. No big deal. Oops. And it I, turns out it really is no big deal. And I, I yeah, I was I was thinking to myself, I can't wait to see that scene. How is Orla going to carry it out by, by themselves? What's going to happen? Oh, we're not going to. Nope. Turns out it was no big deal. Yeah. We cut to Affy. She's working on the vessel when, oh, hi, Comac and Reith with your hoods up. Very subtle. <laughs> They want to hire the vessel to take them out to the Amaxine station. Affy's like, I would love to, but somebody else has already hired us. And they're like, oh, no, but psych, it was Orla, uh, who has already stolen the statues and already gotten them loaded onto the vessel. Good job. As if she had planned this ahead of, before anybody else did it. <laughs> right. Uh, so they are, um, she, she stole the statues just by walking out of the temple with them. Yeah. And, and she explains. nobody expects. They ex- yeah. She explains they probably thought that they were taking her to a research facility. It turns out the research facility is the vessel. Okay, sure. Yeah. As long as we do a little research on it on the way, then it's technically true. Fucking Jedi. My fucking Jedi. Affy wanders into the cockpit to let Leox and Geo know what's going on. And she's like, hey, should we offer them a discount since we were definitely going to be going anyway? And Leox is like, nah. <laughs> Fuck them. A man needs bread. <laughs> cool. So uh, there we go. That's the end of chapter 17. Uh, they are heading back to the Maxine station. Wow. So um, that's it. That's that's all we read. Uh, chapters 15 through 17, plus a totally relevant flashback. <laughs> Look, the trauma of Orla and Comac is totally relevant. I just don't give a fuck about the circumstances. Like, I don't. But that's a me thing. That's a my opinion thing. It has been pointed out by some of our patrons uh, that maybe if we were reading straight through instead of taking the book piecemeal, uh, the flashbacks wouldn't feel so abrupt, uh, wouldn't feel like they're interrupting so much. Yeah, but I feel like if we didn't take our time, then A, that's not our style. I mean, I I, I actually... Went... I'm here to overanalyze. Right. Uh, I... Because we've been sharing the older TikToks, I've decided I, to kill some time. I went back and listened to our earliest episodes, and we were so cute when we were trying to figure out quick ways to to speed through stuff, and we ended up just fucking that up. And then it was really a marvelous. We just gave up. We just, we gave, just up. gave up. We just gave up. And in a marvelous divas, it was a similar evolution. Uh, so after the four hour episode we did of uh, that one Captain America movie we love a lot, um, so I forgot which one. Um, oh no, man! Yeah, it was a long time ago. Anyway, but we are who we are, and I still, I love us, and I love this discussion. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> so uh, that do you have anything else for Into the Dark chapters fifteen through seventeen? No. Uh, what are we gonna try to do? Three more? Are we gonna? I don't know. I'm trying to do this in bigger pieces because I would like to finish this book by the end of the year. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of yeah. my hope too. Um, you know. Uh, Steph and I are getting ready to pivot back to the movies and television shows. We're going to be doing that on Marvelous Divas next. Right. I am super intimidated. And, yep. I don't, and I don't know why. 
I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> we just haven't done that in a while. I know, I know. Because we've been talking about comic books over on Marvelous Divas. And to jump from the this fucking easy, frankly, really easy content. It was. About the it, comic books. Well, it was uh, both easy, but it triggered us at the same time, right? So, I mean, especially the first comic series we read. Um, God. But it was still fun. And we yeah. had a lot of new listeners out of that. So pivoting back, I just hope that people that found us because of the High Republic content we're doing. Stick with us and get back into our uh, Rebels uh, Rebels mm-hmm. of it all. Uh, if I would recommend uh, going back to the beginning of our Rebels coverage and kind of checking that out because uh, if y'all haven't heard our older episodes, it may be kind of uh, jarring. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to be jarring no matter what. It's the same format. It's the same yeah. format, but we just do it for animated shows as instead of books. So Yes. Uh, and we will do that, but not until after we're done with Into the Dark. So yeah, next time we will be reading, uh, talking about chapter 18, uh, probably a few chapters after that. Yeah. Um, I can't guarantee exactly how far. Yeah. Now, Steph and I haven't talked about details about this, but we do want to keep doing some kind of High Republic content. Um, uh, we haven't quite worked out how we're going to do that. More than likely, it's going to be on YouTube uh, with our Unleashed show, uh, but we'll... It, we're getting we're approaching the holidays it's gonna be super busy for for both of us yeah uh especially for steph uh i don't have kids so you know yeah. um uh so you know we'll uh we'll we'll get there when we get there but i personally have lots of plans for us in 2024 uh and i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be fucking great mm-hmm. so you know stay tuned yeah do we have anything else nope okay let's outro shall we sure how do i do this <laughs> You don't. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, you know what other music you could enjoy? The the single by that artist. His name is Chorlesy, and his first single is out right now. It's called Rosalie. If you want to check out his social medias, at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y, he will have some links to where you can find this lovely song. Uh, he's a goddamn delight, and one of our listeners, and we love him. So go check that out. Um, if you want to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We're on all the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and TikTok as at DarksideDivas. Dun, dun, dun. Also, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform of choice. Leave a review, especially a five-star five star review. Even if you want to hate on us, we actually like that. It makes us younger. <laughs> uh, also, uh, you can find our YouTube channel under Dark Side Divas. We are doing Baldur's, uh, Baldur's Divas, uh, which is where we do playthroughs of Baldur's Gate. Steph is shaking her head because she hates the name, and it's because yep. I'm bad at naming things. So here we are. Now it's a joke. Um, Ash, <laughs> Ash in our chat just asked if we're going to try to do more Baldur's Divas was before the end of the year i think so i think so um yeah 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 i mean i don't know if we're gonna have guests but yeah yeah I, it'll, be, it'll just be you and me which means i need to fix my fucking game client before then yes you do uh, uh also uh we have a swag store redbubble redbubble.com forward slash official divas hey it's the holiday season don't you want to give your super right-wing grandma a, a, a t-shirt or a mug with w- one of our uh, favorite things to say like arborio bukkake she won't be offended by that at all uh, you can go to that go there and purchase some products as i understand it redbubble's doing holiday special stuff and you can yep. You can get some of our stuff on sale automatically. Uh, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Divas, Divas Podcast. For five bucks a month, you can attend live recordings of our shows that are totally unedited. Uh, you can have access to our Discord. We do special events all the time. And last but certainly not least, 
uh, my theme park videos where I get drunk and try to show off uh, different theme park things and uh, it's really embarrassing and actually not entertaining at all. And boy, am I a great commercial right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that'll definitely stay in the final cut of the show. Are we done? <laughs> We're done. <laughs> all right. So then say goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.